Welcome to the Cultivate Network Podcast, where we're digging in, digging in on Christian living, leadership, and church planning. Here are your hosts, Jamie Couch and Anthony Waters. Last week, we talked about the family, and we're going to get into the core team this week, but just to rehash how important the family was, and if you didn't hear last week's podcast, please go back and listen to it. It it really lays the groundwork as we move forward, because at the end of the day, part of your core team is your family. So as we move forward, how important it is to have the family there. But let's jump in today into the core team. And last week, Brother Jamie led off with he had a lot of uh, really good things that he was going to reveal to us this week. But uh, when we talk about a core team, brother, and we're going to look at a core team, and the Lord has led us out in this to go and plant this church in this field that that is overgrown. It's all grown up. It's all weedy, and it's going to need a lot of work, and it's going to take time to get in there and break this soil up. You're going to have a lot of resistance, but you finally got your family on board, and now it's time to build this core team, which I once again emphasize that the biggest part of your core team is your family. Right. So as we go out into this, what are some pitfalls that we could run into when we start thinking about a core team? What is a big pitfall that we have to watch out for? And there's other things that you can tie in here as well. But I want to look at, first of all, let's not look at the good part of it. Let's look at the pitfall first. <laughs> so do I start just, at, uh, at the pitfall? Yeah, that's fine. That's Absol- uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, Anthony, one of the things that, that I would call out as an opportunity to fail is and there's many of those by the way you have an opportunity do, to fail how do i know how do i know some of these because maybe i did it well. okay so experience um, is a good teacher experience no oh experience oh. is a decent teacher it's decent okay but evaluated experience Ooh. is the best teacher Ooh. So, so sometimes people say well i've been in this 30 years well you've lived the same year 30 years in a row, so really you have one year experience 30 times. It's <laughs> a good or, way to look at it. If you evaluate your experience, yeah. then yes, it is. Nice. So, that's your first pitfall. Don't, <laughs> don't just think because <laughs> that's good. Don't just think because you're experienced that you're ready. Okay. So um, no, what I was going to share there, Anthony, <laughs> is actually that is a good nugget. I liked it. Um, what I was going to share there is is if you want to go fast, go alone. Mm. If you want to go far, go together. That is John mm. Maxwell, straight yeah, that, from John Maxwell leadership. Straight out of that. But but it is such an applicable thing here. It really is. You think about think about think about the Apostle Paul and the expansion of the early church. He did not ever go alone. No. He always had a core team. Mm-hmm. And um, oftentimes he he would he would go uh, with with a, a crew a group, and then he would always find someone that lived in, like for example, Ephesus or Corinth, for mm-hmm. example, with the uh, uh, the 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 two Priscilla and Aquila, you know. So so the first one I would share is if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Great nugget, I love it. So that's a good pitfall. So as we dive into looking at a core team, 
So we know a pitfall right off the bat is let's just let's just go headstrong into this and just run like maniacs. Yeah, that ain't gonna work. So <laughs> obviously that don't work. So as we look at the core team, and let's talk about building this core team. So how how do we build a core team to find like minded individuals that will catch the vision that the Lord has <clears throat> set in order and to run forward with this? Do we just go grab a bunch of warm bodies? to be part of this leadership team just hey that's all we need is just a warm body is that a good way to move forward would you think that is a good good way to go just warm bodies sure why not why don't we just go no (laughs) i I think that there's some pretty clear instruction in the scripture to know them that labor among you Mm, a wise man said that yeah that's know them the labor among you And, and so i think uh a warm body, a warm body. There's going to be a lot of people sign up for this because it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people sign up for this for many, many reasons. And if you want to find the reasons, go back to episode one. We started with why. Yeah. Um, and so, but I think that that when when we just get a warm body, we're setting ourselves and the team up for complete and total failure. So absolutely yeah. no. It must be evaluated spiritually number one we must take that to god and allow him to lead that now there's different types of individuals that will that will sign up for a church plant one of such is a narcissist (laughs) they ain't been happy in no church they've been in they they're mad they got a story for every pastor that they that they dislike and they really just want attention and a stage and an opportunity to be in the front and and to have their voice heard because they're such a victim of their past and and it's straight narcissism in many ways there's every conversation will go back to them you can be talking about how you love ice cream and you found this great store with ice cream we did yesterday that's why that's relevant to me we went to the snack shack down at Burnside. If you ever go to Burnside, Kentucky, stop by the snack shack. Great place. All right, that was my plug. <laughs> Great pun for them. Huh? So, so there you go. But, but here's the thing: if I talk about the snack shack, and narcissist says, "Yeah, but I know a place," and 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 so a narcissist always circles everything back to them. Yeah, we've met a lot of these and fine, and, fine and so individuals. Do not. Do everything in your power to keep a narcissist off your off your core team. They need to be in the altar, not on the core team. Mm. And um, they, they they lack empathy. They they will manipulate and exploit others. They are professional victims. They know how to position themselves as a victim. They believe that they're the smartest and they're entitled and are superior to others. So there's a, there's questions, Anthony, that that I ask in an interview process. What, and so I do this, I do this, whether it be um, uh, in my work with the church or in my work at work at the at the hospital. When I'm interviewing somebody, there's questions that I ask them to reveal whether they're a narcissist or not. Ooh, so this goes back to last week's nugget that you were going to give us for this week. Yep. <laughs> I can't wait to hear these questions. What are the? Give us an example. You may not want to tell the exact question, but no, I'll give it. I mean, yeah, I'll give it. That way, if you ever, if you're listening and you ever interview with Jamie Couch and he asks this <laughs> question, expect these questions. Expect this question, particularly this one question that you ask, because a narcissist never wants to confess confess any sort of downfall or fault or failure. Um. And they never want to confess that what they did negatively affected anyone else around them. And so I asked the question. I'm like, so tell me about a time when you made a mistake that affected your team. How did, what was the mistake? How did it affect your team? And how did you respond to it? That's good. 
And, and, and I literally asked this question one time in an interview and in the workplace years ago. So to know, to not, so nobody, but okay. The, the person said, Anthony, uh, yeah, I can't think of any mistakes I've made. <laughs> I'm perfect. In I was like, <laughs> case in point, textbook narcissist right there. I, yeah. I jotted it down in my notebook. Well, guess what? They hired this person anyway. Ooh. Guess what happened a year later? Fired. <laughs> Why? Because textbook narcissism was on display. So that question is the one question that if they don't if they don't give you good juicy details on how they just screwed it up <laughs> and how that they were humble because what you need in a core team member Anthony is somebody who's going to be humble because church planting <laughs> will humble you oh boy and if you're a bit narcissist or arrogant and you can't confess your fault before your brethren then I promise you you're going to be a miserable soul in this journey of church planting amen that's it's so very true I I think back about my own life, and <laughs> there's been times I've seen this with myself. There's humbling moments. <laughs> Very, there's so many of them. So many of them. So obviously, we don't want a narcissist on the team. So, what would be a next? What's our next one that we need to look at as we continue on here? So we don't want a narcissist. Well, I, I think that one thing um, to to think about too is is. A core team are, are your leaders, right? Those are going to be your leaders. Yep. And there's many, many people out there in the world that are extremely talented. They're good singers. They're good musicians. They're good uh, uh, even teachers. But they're not good leaders. Yeah. What this core team needs to be is is people who have the ability. Now, maybe they're not, they're not going to they're not going to grab a soapbox and get up and give a you know a Teddy Roosevelt speech. Hmm. But but what they will do is they'll lead and. And so I think that 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 not just plugging people into roles on the core team because they're good at something, uh, that's one of the things I've found in, in church planting and work and in the workplace the same way. In healthcare, if somebody is a good nurse, we make them a nurse manager, and they they're terrible many times at nurse management because they're they're not a good leader yet. They're not ready for that. Just because you're a good nurse doesn't mean you're going to be a good nurse manager. And so just because you're a good accountant doesn't mean you're going to be a good controller and so on and so forth. Just because I can play the guitar doesn't mean I'm a worship leader. Uh, there's, there's more to leadership than being talented at a certain specific skill. That's really good. Well, that's real good. <laughs> so what's next? So leadership, a good quality of leadership, which sometimes it don't show right off the bat. You, what, if you, what if you bring somebody on the team and you find out you're in this boat that – Maybe they weren't good at leadership. They were excellent at what they did, but they really weren't a good leader. Well, the question there I ask, Anthony, is, is are they coachable and are they humble? That's a good point. And if they're driven by the work, by, if they're driven by the mission and they're humble and coachable, then my goodness, I'll go to battle with that person any day of the week. Absolutely. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not John Maxwell. Yeah. And maybe they're not Patrick Lencioni. Mm. But one thing they do is they have a hunger to see Jesus Christ glorified. Yeah. And they're humble. If they're hungry and humble for those two things, bless God, sign me up. So this is this is a, a, that's a good life lesson because I mean even if we're doing a sports team in some way, shape, or form, you may not have the best batter, the best hitter, the best catcher, the best football player, but if they're coachable and moldable, man, that changes a lot of things. And I think that's true in any aspect of life, whether it's in a church plant, in a business setting, a sports setting, whatever it may be. To be coachable, mm. man, that's. 
Yep. We need to be coachable. We don't need to ever think more of ourselves than we ought. Right. That's the unfamiliar in the scripture mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wise man. Yeah. yeah. Imagine that. Because it's sometimes, sometimes we need to be humbled. You yeah. know, the, the most talented team rarely wins yeah. the championships. Rarely. Yeah. Very rarely. Uh, and so mo- most times the, the, the winner, the winning team, they got a few really talented people. But they're also surrounded by, by, by humble, hungry role players that say, hey, I don't have to be in the spotlight, but I want to win. And I think that's the kind of people you want on your team here. Yep. What about is there anything else? Is there anything else? So, obviously, talent doesn't mean that they can lead. That's a, that's a great bullet point that needs mm-hmm. to be dropped, dropped right there. <laughs> but a small core group that can exhibit what qualities? Let's look at the qualities that we're looking for now. These are qualities we didn't really want in somebody. Right. So, now let's look at good qualities that we are looking for as we move forward in our core leadership team. What are some good qualities that we need to see in individuals as we move forward for the glory of God? I want to say that probably the number – I'm not going to number these in any, any particular order. So let me let me reverse that statement. But yeah. one of these in maybe alphabetical order <laughs> would be adaptability. Yeah. And in, in church – in so, you know, the, the church historically in the United States is not terribly adaptable. We don't even like the color of our carpet changing, huh. let alone being adaptable to change on a whim. And so the agility – of your team to be the ability to be agile and adaptable to situations because Anthony, we're going in today at one o'clock. I don't know what's going to walk in that door. Our team doesn't know what's going to walk in that door. We have had men with guns walk in the door Mm -hmm. and with tears in their eyes and we don't know how stable they are. Right. We've had others that, that came in and, we're, we're smoking in the church to a, a blind family with a man smoking a what do you call those things a vape, a vape. Yeah. vaping in church vaping in church and, and so we don't know what's going to hit us and no. so had to have a team that can expect the unexpected and to be adaptable and to be and, and to also be agile enough to be able to handle very complicated situations that may arise and not freak out as soon as something happens out of the ordinary. I agree. My goodness, you better be adaptable. So that was one. And, you know, I think that adaptability, I think when we look at that, we also need to remember, I've had a lot of people, and we both have, that have came up and kind of wanted to know the order of the service. Like, Mm -hmm. what what am I going to expect when I'm here today? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, normally this is what we do. But I love the the strong point that you always put at the end of that, but we're always being led of the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know, and I think we need to be adaptable in our worship, in our in everything that we do, in our service for God. You have to be adaptable, and I think that's just I think that's just good Christian living yeah, is yeah. to be adaptable and be in tune with the Holy Spirit yeah. to what the Holy Spirit would have you to say and do. I think that's a key just to good Christian living, mm-hmm. and that's good on the micro level, Anthony. Sure. So that's that's the micro level. Let's kind of move up a little bit into the clouds of the macro level when we're talking about thinking about church planting. You're you're gathering your core team. Yep. You don't yet have all of the uh, all the other components. You don't have your location. You don't have your service set. You don't have your your order of service. You don't have any of those things set yet. No. So to to gather together a core team that's that's not going to be uh, uh, married to a particular method of delivering the gospel. I, I actually heard a, a presentation this last week. Uh, Heinz Ketchup over the last 120 years that they've been delivering ketchup, um, the container has changed a, about 50 or 60 different times, but the, 
the, the recipe for the ketchup has never, ever changed. It's hmm. still Heinz ketchup. And so I think what we, what we think about here is that is to, the adaptability is that the package may look different. And it may look different next week than it does this week and next year than it does this year. And because as the community needs to receive the, the, the gospel, then the container adjusts to that particular need, but not the contents. It's never changing. The, 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 me, the message is never changing, but how adaptable are we to the method? You know, it's, it's an interesting. It's interesting. Uh, I just think about the church plant that we're involved in now and you know the way that the service is laid out it's it's different and it's it it's it breaks it breaks a religious mold yeah. to the area the area is used to a certain a certain order of service let's just put it that way right well we obviously ain't that we're not that and i've seen so many people come in and be so thrown off and I, mean, I don't know any better way to put it, but they just sit there with their yeah. mouth open. They're like, what's going on? Wait, what? This isn't. And I've heard it said so many times, it's, this, this, it's not what we're used to. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we get so set in a mindset, and I think it might be an American church thing, sure. is that we think it has to be a certain way. Yeah. You yep. know, and that, that, ain't, that ain't true. It's like you said, the core content is there. Mm-hmm. The gospel, that's, what, that's, yep. our, that's our mission, yep. is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's yep. what so, saves souls. That's yep. what sets free. That's what changes lives. Mm-hmm. But the way that it is delivered, yep. it may be different. So become all shoot, things to all men, right? It, I become all things to all men yeah. that I may win some. So, so since you called that out, I love that you said that. because So let's just... I'm going to crack that open a little bit. I'm going to close it back because we're going to we're going to actually get into this in a future episode. But you you called out that we're, we're so different in our community. We're not <laughs> different for the sake of being different. No, not at all. We we when we sat down as a core team, we identified our our target the missing the missing field. If you want to know what the missing field is, then listen to the previous episode on the field principle. That's right. And and so we identify where the weeds are in the community, the ones that haven't been reached, the unreached. And we said, what do they need? They need community. Yeah. They need a familial environment. Mm. They need accountability. And they need love. Yeah. Okay. So we're like, how do we do that? The most of the folks that are in the community, the target market that we're reaching into, the unreached that we're reaching into, they don't have familial structure. Many, most, some do, but some really don't. And they needed that accountability and community. And so, what do we do? We went back to the Bible. We found in the Book of Acts where they break bread daily, mm-hmm. and we were like, "Well, that's what they did in the early church to to start community and to move into the way of community." <laughs> so that's hence the name of the church, Journey Community. Yeah. And so that's where we're doing is we we come around a table every Sunday. We share, we break bread together, and we share a meal. We hold each other accountable. We encourage one another. We have a literal conversation around the table before we start service. That's weird to most people, but but our target missing link in the community, the unreached, they need that desperately. They don't need a pew to sit and listen to people sing. Others do, and that's fine, yeah. right? So we're not different for the sake of being different. No. We're different because that's the package. That's that's exactly what the unreached needed in Monticello, Kentucky. Yeah, and I, I encourage you if if you're just 
popping in on this episode and you're interested in what he's talking about there go back to episode one when we talked about learning your ground learning the field that you're in there's some really good content in there and good ways to actually look back and to see on how you evaluate your soil and see what's going on in the community that you need to do that that's something that's very important if you're going to be adaptable as a church, then you need to you need to go back and look and see where the gap is and how it can be filled with the glory of God. And I don't want to spend a, I don't want to take a whole lot more time, but there's a whole lot more we need to talk about in this small group. So let's at least do one more before before we wrap it up for this week, and then we're going to, have to pick back up on it again next. Yeah, that's week. fine. We'll yeah. we'll continue. We don't want to rush through these. No, and, and, but uh, so we talked about adaptability, right? So if you're going in alphabetical order, you might as well just hit the hit the next one in line there. Okay. Well, let's talk about candor. <laughs> oh. There. <laughs> oh. So, so adaptability, and you and you could have almost said accountability too. You, you know, could. adaptability, accountability, candor. Yeah. And so the word candor, what that's going to mean in in my my kind, I'm, I'm a hillbilly, so my my language is is I'm just going to shoot straight with you. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and if you're listening, that don't mean we're shooting anybody here. No, <laughs> what that no, means is I'm going to be, no. I'm going to be, I'm going to be incredibly honest with you. Yeah. Okay. So, so why is candor important on a team? Candor allows you to take off the mask. Yeah. And you don't fake it until you make it. Uh. You have certain people on your group and your core team that you can be radically honest with yes and they give you a license to not be offended and get mad at you anthony will look at me and say dude <laughs> you preach way too long today <laughs> you know or, i think i've got that back <laughs> there's been well yeah and there's been times where anthony has looked at me and different members of our team have looked at me and said are you okay you look grouchy you know, you look you look mad today. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you for saying that, because if I would have gone through the whole church service looking grumpy, I wasn't really grumpy. I was just having dealing with some personal things that was really coming out of my face. But you call me out on it. And I thank God for that. But you have to have a team because here's what happens when you, there's a book. I encourage you to read this book called Radical Candor. I don't remember the author. I'm terrible at that sort of thing. But it's a great book. Yeah. So. Um, I remember what they said, but I don't remember who said it, but it's a really good book. Radical candor. And you're looking it up, ain't you? Okay. I'm, thank I'm you. Trying, that way man. you can share it. <laughs> uh, radical candor. But so, so what you need as a team is to be able to be honest with one another and open up with one another and give one another a license, right? To offend you and, and, and to just be honest, because if you don't, you're going to, you're going to be surrounded by people. A yes, man, don't surround yourself with yes, men and women. I want to say that if they can't, if you don't have a place of psychological safety where the, the team around you can't call you out and everything has to go your way and everybody's afraid. Have you ever been in environments where everybody's afraid to call out the leader? That's a terrible decision, but I'm afraid to say anything. Oh, I, I really think that this might work better, but I, I don't want to say anything because he's going to get mad. That environment is not conducive to growth. Uh, the author of Radical Candor is by a lady by the name of Kim Scott, Kim Scott, radical candor, look it up. But when you have this, yes, yes, ma'am, yes, sir mentality in your core team, you're, you're, you're destined for trouble because there's, there's so many, even, even in the, in manufacturing, there's so many things that, that, that could have been avoided through the years, um, uh, tragedies. If people would have just been able to speak up and say, yeah, that's not a good idea. So I'm going to talk about candor for a moment <clears throat> from my own experience. 
coming into this being the first church plant that I've ever really been associated with, at the beginning of this, man, I, I battled a lot. And I'll be on And Jamie would uh, uh, he would attest to this that this is being true. But if it hadn't been for candor, for us to have the ability to sit down, and I, man, I tell you what, it was the meeting, the core team meetings were so important because when we sat down as the core team, we we had that out there at the beginning that we weren't going to be offended. We wanted everybody to be honest. And man, there was some tough conversations. There was some hard hard times. I mean, there was times that you'd look and I, I was like, I'll, I'll be honest, I was like, is this even worth it? I mean, we're not seeing no growth, and I and I won't lie. I, when I when when we kicked this off, I thought, man, this is going to blow up. There's going to be 75, 80 people. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. And when when it felt like it, it, there was times, it felt like there was no traction whatsoever. But if it hadn't been for the candor among the group, and I wasn't the only one feeling that way. We I think we all were experiencing different things, but we had that candor that we could talk back and forth amongst each other. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't think anybody understands how important that is in a leadership group in a core team to have that candor yeah. that nobody's going to be hurt. Yeah. Let's be honest with each other here because it's very possible that you're not the only one battling these things and you need to talk about that. And man, together, we're so much stronger together, so much stronger together. And so I encourage any, any listener out there that is, that, that it's good. That's going into this through the glory of God, that you have candor among your team and you be honest as well and encourage honesty because there's going to be a lot of doubts. There's going to be fears that's going to come up in this Mm -hmm. team's mind and the ability to get that stuff out there instead of it Festering mm-hmm. inside yep. is so important. Yes, and so so candor's got to be a part of your in- infrastructure. It's got to be a part of your 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 day to day because if you don't, as the as the leader, if you don't reiterate to your team, hey, this is a safe place. Yeah, this is a safe place. That's right. Something I started doing at, at the workplace at the hospital, Anthony, is when I'm introducing a new strategy, I challenge I challenge the team around me to to shoot holes in it. I love it. So I actually, in in some meetings, I will assign uh, an antagonist (laughs) because because they'll sit and shake their head. Yes, yes, yes. I'm like, no, you're the antagonist right now. Mm. So so recently we we reviewed some strategy, and then we said, okay, this we've all talked really nice and sunshiny about it, and we know this is this person's idea, and we love this person. So all right, you know, here's the challenge. Everybody around the table has got to come up with something negative about this and why it won't work. And then all of a sudden, it creates this, oh, you mean it's safe to say it now, Mm -hmm. right? So as a leader, create space for your team to shoot holes around this and and have people that are not afraid to say that. But you have to make them not afraid. you you got to give them space for openness and psychological safety for radical candor to take place. So, guys, we have uh, several others to discuss here, and we do not have time today. <laughs> um, we have decisiveness, service, humility, visionary, teamwork, trust, self-starting, and EQ. High EQ, not IQ, but <laughs> EQ. And we're going we're gonna to actually go through some of those next week, and then we're going to go to some of those um, gritty details of, 
of, of the blueprint of how to how to do those early meetings, how to set up the vision workshop and your your other um, your mission, your mission statement and all those things. And then how to sit down as a team and do the gift gap analysis to see what is that missing link in your community. So uh, a lot more to come. And we appreciate you tuning in, listening in. Anthony, thank you for the discussion thank today. You, your candor. And, and uh, until next week, guys, we love you. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for tuning in to the Cultivate Network podcast. Until next time, keep cultivating.